Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Taking a breath. It's a great question. A great question. Are we safe to be seen? Are we safe to be seen exactly as we are? And I say that because there are many of us who will hide behind veneers and ideas of something that we would like to be or that we think we are that is not based in fact. And we hide and we hide and we hide. And I think we need to stop hiding. I really do. I feel like we just need to stop hiding. We need to bravely move forward out into the world and say, this is who I am, and it's... I was about to... Like, really? You know what I was about to say, right? I am magnificent. Passion. It is passion. Yeah. I, I like to think of myself as the irreverent reverend. <laughs> and those words do occasionally fall from my lips. <laughs> I try not to have it happen up here, though. <laughs> hmm. It is so important to me to start every week by saying you are magnificent and trusting and knowing that as you take that in, you can begin to truly experience the magnificence that is you and begin to claim it for yourself so that you can be seen. It's really important to me because I look out at you and I would like to say this, I see you. I see the truth of you. I see the core of you, which is this divine energy of love expressing magnificently as you. There is a reason that you are on this plane of existence. You are important to this thing called life. You are important to this thing called life. And if you weren't important to it, you wouldn't be here. That's just the basic truth, I believe. But are you free to express that? Do you feel free to express that? And, 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 and so what comes up for me is actually something that Carrie Mon and I talked about when we were out at the uh, at Udall Park yesterday for the Beat Cancer Boot Camp Community Festival, where we represented, I represented Tucson New Thought. She represented her work as a path and purpose. I was gonna say minister, but you are a minister. <laughs> path and purpose mentor. And it is this, are we truly free? Do we truly feel free? Do we truly experience and express freedom? Or are we trapped in habits that don't serve us? 99% of the work that we are here to do in this spiritual practice of new thought is to uncover the habitual thinking that is creating the expression of our lives and if we choose to do something about it, do something about it. And I'm not saying that all habits are bad. Not all habits are bad. In fact, if we didn't have some level of habit in our experience, then we would have trouble getting along, <laughs> I think. Because every moment would be completely a completely blank slate. We wouldn't know how to be in the world. So we develop habits, both good habits and bad habits. Well, as I uncover the bad habits, what I 
judge as bad habits. And I'm really grateful that you said good and bad because they're all judgments. That's just judgment. And what is good for me may not be good for someone else. And what is bad for me may not be bad for someone else. It's just the way we experience the approach of life. So are we trapped in habits that are not serving us? That's the question. And the answer, I'm sorry to say, for every single person who exists on this plane is yes. We are all trapped in habits that are not serving us. Now, if I were to say, and rhetorical, <laughs> if I were to ask the question, what's a habit that doesn't serve you? I bet almost, I bet everybody here would be able to come up with at least one. I know that I can come up with at least one. There are habits that we experience that are not serving us. So the work is ours to do to bring those habits to the level of awareness. And when they are at the level of awareness, we can do something about them. In a book, I say a book, all right. In the book that I wrote, one of the things that I wrote was this. I'm just, you know, like, I wrote a book, so why not? I wrote this. What was it in our history that convinced us so thoroughly that our habit in thought was the right answer? So we have good habits, we have bad habits. What was it in our experience in history that thoroughly convinced us that that particular habit that we have embodied was the right answer? And is the reasoning still valid? Because we evolve, but we like to carry along oh, those things from our past. That's what I talked about at Unity last week. We carry along those things from our past that may not be serving us, and it is time to unburden ourselves and set them down. It is time, and we are the ones to do it. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to make the decision to do it for yourself. Now, there are tools that can be taught. That's what we are here to do, to provide practical tools for personal transformation. There are tools that can be taught that can allow us to set those burdens down, to set those habits down so that we can engage in life in an evolutionary way, a new way. So that's the big question. Free, full, and fearless is the talk title today. That's the question around freedom. Are we truly free? Are we truly free? Are we? Rhetorical. <laughs> the full part of this is, th is this notion. We, every single one of us, were meant to experience the fullness of life. Every single one of us is meant to experience the fullness of life. I think we need to really take that to heart. And as we take it to heart, let us affirm for ourselves right here and right now that each and every one of us is an experience of infinite joy. I am an experience of infinite joy. Are you? The answer is yes. Life is meant to be experienced fully. But some of us like to hide out. I don't want to experience, right? I just want to, I just want to, oh, the big one these days, I just want to do this all day. And, you know, heaven knows, I have my very 
unsupported, I mean, unsupportive habit in my life of being a little too addicted to my phone. I will admit that. Totally, I can, I, but I can recognize it. And I also know when to put it down. Uh, we were watching uh, a television show called The Sinner. Has anyone seen The Sinner? Nobody. Oh, you, you must watch The Sinner. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's a great show. Uh, uh, it's sort of a, it's an, it's an anthology series. So the first season is one complete story and the second season is one complete story. But uh, one of our habits, my husband and I, is to have the TV going and also have our phones in our hands. And I actually set my phone down and I really focused on this television show and I thoroughly enjoyed it, much more so than I probably would have had I had a phone in my hand. And he actually said, I've never seen you put down your phone to watch a television show. And I'm thinking, well, back in the days when I didn't have a phone, I used to really be focused on the television shows I would watch. Um, but being able to put it down and allow myself the opportunity to focus and enjoy what really I think is a piece of art in front of me. What are we missing? What are we missing by taking ourselves out of the equation? And then, are we willing to leap into the experience of life in a fearless way? The number one hindrance, I believe, with no, with no empirical evidence to back this up, the number one hindrance in life is fear. That's it. If we are feeling hindered in life, it is only because of that internalized fear. I lived that for a very long time, at least the first 18 years of my life, although probably more like six years when I became aware of, you know, urges, particular urges. <laughs> you, you can figure that out. <laughs> you know, growing up as a gay man in the 80s was a fearful time for me. I, you know, I would like to think that it's gotten easier for people but I also have experiences with friends who are younger. It's not, as, it's not easy. It is not easy. Here's the thing. It is not easy to be authentically you no matter what. It is not easy. And I will then follow that up by saying it was harder for me to come out of the closet as a spiritual person than it ever was to come out of the closet as a gay man. So num the number one hindrance in life is this. It is fear. Fear, now here's the thing about fear. Fear is a natural response. Fear actually serves us in life and death situations. That is, that is how we developed this reactionary nature of fear is as we were evolving, we would have life and death situations and that fear response, that very deeply ingrained fear response is the thing that would keep us from you know, being dead. But what we've done as we have developed and evolved in this contemporary world, we have become socialized to apply that fear response to stakes which are not life and death. That's, we've just, that's just a natural habit. And we are socialized to do that. So our, our work, as you pointed out, and as the quote said, is to move from fear to faith. And it's not easy. I'm not going to stand up here and say, oh, well, once you're spiritually enlightened, it's all perfect, and it's all going to work out just, just dandy for you. It is hard work. 
Nobody ever wants to hear that this practice is hard work, but it is. But once you work it, guess what happens? You develop a new habit, a new response that is in faith, and it no longer is work. It becomes your new way of being. That's the work, moving from fear to faith, to ingrain a new habit that is constructive and what you might decide is good in your life. So that's the important task ahead of each and every one of us, to truly embrace that we are free and that we are full in this moment, full of life, full of vim and vigor. (laughs) I don't know why that came to mind, but you know, it did. We are full right here and right now, and we can be fearless when we move to faith. So I'm going to be fearless as I am every week. <laughs> this is that, so there are people who are ministers who are in the room and they said that they are surprised that I do this, that this is a big risk because not every minister can do this. So as you came in, you were invited to write down a number on a little slip of paper and I'm going to choose, or I'm going to have Mirta, if you would please choose one of those numbers so you know it's not a setup. What number have you chosen? 255. This month I am utilizing the book Living the Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, and I'm going to turn to page 255. Oh, okay. One, two, three, four. Uh, A number between one and five, please. Two. This chapter is called A New Look at Psychosomatics. I'm going to read this. Now I'm reading this for the first time in front of you. Here we go. I have in mind a woman who became so anemic that she was at the point of exhaustion. Her real emotional trouble was loneliness. Her family had grown up, married, and established their own homes. She was left alone in beautiful surroundings, but with no inward enthusiastic interest in life. We might say that life had gone out of her as though it had flowed away. Now he's obviously in the middle of describing a larger principle here. I think the key here is to say she was left alone with no inward enthusiastic interest in life. We might say that life had gone out of her as though it had flowed away. Does that resonate? It's again rhetorical. Does that resonate with anyone? What happens when life flows away from us, when our, when our fundamental experience of life tends to flow away from us is I think we're going to that fear response, right? That's what's happening. As people left, it upset her world in such a way that she layered that life and death fear response onto her experience of life. She didn't know how to be in this world. Didn't know how to be in this world. I have had times in my life when I have not known how to be in this world. I think we all have. The work lies before us when we're there. And we can either run with it or we can retreat from it. Which are you going to choose to do today? Which are you going to choose to do today? Are you going to choose to move to life? 
through life, into life, into the most full expression of life? Or are you going to back away in fear? Fear is no bueno. I would like to have an enthusiastic interest in life. How about you? I would like to be able to look at my life and not be afraid of anything. But I still have fears. I still have fears that come up. As Susan Jeffers' book title suggests, feel the fear and do it anyway. I've become a lot more fearless in my life, but I still get hung up. So I say that to say this, you all can let yourselves off the hook. You can let yourselves off the hook when you have that fear response. Just know that when that fear response comes up, you can do something about it. There is that which is within you, which is so magnificent that it can override that fear response, but you must be willing to do the work, to understand your magnificence, to live with the deepest understanding and experience of an expression of the divine as you. This all goes back to one notion. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are never less than. You are the infinite expressed as you. And all that the infinite is, is possible to be expressed by you. The only thing that is holding you back is your own idea of being held back. When we remember who we are, we actually live lives less based in fear. And that's when life becomes full. So if you are ready, are you ready for life to become more full? Are you ready to experience a life of greater freedom than you have ever experienced before? Yes? All right. Then here's your homework. (gasps) Oh. I want you this week to identify at least one fear that you have. And I want you to give yourself time. I want you to take definite time this week to step aside and allow yourself to reflect on that fear. To allow yourself to say, I recognize that there is a fear that I have. What is this fear? And give yourself time to center and even meditate on it. Really go to that place. Reflect on that fear. And then in your own mind, step through that fear and remind yourself of who you are. Remind yourself of your true identity, which is the embodiment and expression of love. And watch that fear dissipate. It is active work to be done. Now, it's not active that, you know, you're active shoveling, you know, dirt. I don't know why. Actually, I know why shoveling fear, but I know why shoveling dirt has come into my mind because they've been doing work in our backyard and they've been out there digging up our backyard. So there's a lot of mounds of dirt. You are shoveling into your own mind, uprooting that fear and replacing it with the deepest understanding of who you are. That's the work to be done this week. You are going to experience your true identity your true identity, which is love. Celebrate the freedom that you discover in doing that. Does that sound like a good plan this week?
All right. I'm, I may be, you know, I never, I hardly ever follow up to see if you've done the homework. <laughs> but I might check in next week. So I invite you all to be able to step up and say, I did it when you come back next week. Sound like a plan? Yes. Awesome. I'm grateful that you have taken this time to step through fear and into faith with me. And I'm grateful that you are here celebrating this thing called life. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Visit TucsonNewThought.org for updates on everything that's happening at the center. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Tucson New Thought. Namaste.